0: CWWF event over in Old Blighty for it's another episode of the Sweet Chinwag. Have an old Chinwag. My name's Sam. Joined as ever by... I'm not continuing with that. Dan <laughs> and Reardon. At last, you Dan really, You really let...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you really let the Ken out in that one. Yeah, you and really did. did.
0: <laughs> as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling, it's lovely to see you chaps once more. I I'm, know. I'm, no. I'm, it's, it's nice to have Uh, everyone back not to say that tony and melee were a handful to put up with but you know it just felt it felt weird being on my own yeah (laughs) yeah for that one episode how have you guys been by the way
2: honestly this has been the most on and off i've ever been on the history of this podcast i Mm. hope it i hope it stops It actually kind of throws me off because I am so used to having this recording, like, time booked. That, so whenever I'm not doing it, I feel completely, like, lidless. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. It, it, it knocked me off the loop when it was just like, oh, hey, it's, it, it's, it's just me. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how have you been, Dan?
1: I'm good. Uh, I've been busy. Things have been happening. Oh, Life if you will not if you will.
0: Oh man. For the first time in a, quite a while, I actually did get the chance to actually uh, have a break, which was actually really nice. I ended up uh, well, my partner ended up surprising me by going uh, to 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 one of the seaside towns here old in uh, in old England. and uh, i i've I've not been to a seaside town since before the Panasonic. So I yeah. uh, uh, like I as I said on Twitter, I kind of did not realise how much I missed sticks of rock and overpriced fish and chips.
1: Do you do, do you do much gambling like I did?
0: Oh what, by the pier? Absolutely. Yeah. I See?
2: I I I I've been on I've been on the wagon for years now. I can't go back. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, but no... Remember, you gamble
1: responsibly when you're at the seaside. Yes, please do. Please <laughs> those do. two P's add up.
0: Man, I it doesn't really do. All I'm saying is that pinball can become quite addictive as soon as you get, like, him to a very high score and you realise you're just wasting credit after credit
2: after credit. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, absolutely.
0: <laughs> anyway, we give you this podcast. Thanks For to those lovely people it. over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms.
2: You know, guys, like the inevitable collapse of our beautiful United Kingdom, we are <laughs> always pending.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, folks, where's the light?
2: He's fitting, he's fitting. <laughs> we are always pending and always will be until it happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, couple of quick things before we get on to the news. Um, One, uh, sweet chinwag merch as I said, all of that now some brand new designs, some old classic designs are all now on wrestletees.co.uk. you can find all of that all of our great stuff there at the moment we've got Hell, t-shirts yeah. but we're looking to see if we can expand into different things maybe mugs maybe caps maybe even trainers or sneakers
1: no, not, not, not mugs the only mugs that we have are the presenters of this show that
2: is very true. Hey. hey, although you joke, I will definitely like if we, once we get the mugs in. I will definitely buy one. Like <laughs> that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet as hell.
0: I mean We need. I. We need a specific mug design. I think as well for that one. But we are going yeah. to be expanding in that. But we've got t-shirts. They are all on WrestleTs. As we as I said on the previous episode, at the moment that is only exclusive to the UK. We are looking for an international distributor. Um, we're going we're gonna to be shopping around, but we'll keep we'll keep everybody on lock and detail if we do get an international. or Yeah, US I think they us. do cover
1: US and Europe, so we'll yeah.
0: get there eventually. I can tell you that for sure. Another thing I actually do want to let people know is Patreon. Um, We've kind of got a little bit dark on the Patreon, of course, due to kind of like other things here and there life getting in the way. But I will say this right now. Um, we're looking to revamp the Patreon. Uh, we've got some, we've got little, we're, we're actually just, uh, spitballing some ideas right now, uh, during the interim parts of our recordings. We've come up with a couple of ideas. We're discussing a couple of ideas with other peeps. Um, I'm discussing a couple of things with Cass and with Melee as well about what we could possibly do with the Patreon. Because, of course, they got they, those guys have been chilling. And I was kind of going over the logistics of how they do something like that. So maybe we do a watch-along sort of thing. That's always the potential. We've just got ideas for kind of like content that will be exclusive for yeah. Patreon. What as we're well, saying. As well, we was... still have our tier goals. Yes, those are still going to be an absolute thing. We will be watching the XFL once we reach one of our pledge goals.
2: What we're saying, guys, is the more money you give us, the more pain we will suffer.
0: Exactly, that's the reason why everyone opens a page. I mean, that's, ba-
1: that's that's basically the way it all content creation works, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is that is for true. That is for true. So Uh, that'll be happening, we'll get the wheel set in motion, but if you want to kind of like do as a tip jar right now for us, that's patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. Again, not forcing any of you lovely peeps or peeps to do that, but it's there, and we will be posting more consistent stuff in the very near future. Alrighty, before we get on to our bruv's exploration of UK (laughs) pay-per-views, it is time to visit the main man Dan... For this week's wrestling
2: news, oh, I've got to stop that wrestling stop it. news. <laughs> dun, dun 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 dun. Don't stop it.
1: <laughs> wrestling news. Me old shiner. Oh God. <laughs> it, it really is like there's a dial in your brain which just has Kent on it, and it's just like <laughs> you're just gradually pushing it further to the right.
0: I am. That, you know what? That kind of actually makes sense for Kent when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I, anyway. I know. I know
1: authors that use subtext. and they're all cowards.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, um. I, I apologize.
1: Anyway, also. though. Um. <laughs> I I think we should go for we We're going to stay in Bruv Central. Obviously, let's talk about um all in passing the paid attendance record for WrestleMania 32.
0: That's insane, man. Eighty, they. I think it's eighty thousand eight hundred and forty six,
1: something 80, like that.
0: Which is, I think, over a hundred. So they just like picked WrestleMania thirty two. And we're, well, I post. think, I think
1: we're looking at like two thousand tickets or something like that still in allocation. Yeah,
0: so that's. I think that's two thousand. That,
1: but, that, but that, includes like resale tickets and. I was going to say, is that other comp, stuff?
0: Is that comp tickets mostly as well? Probably. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, it's, is... it's
1: it's it's probably this. It's probably the tickets which are like, you know, basically you're sitting in the clouds.
0: Yeah, that's that's. And
1: insane. like and like tickets that people have put up for resale but haven't like sold yet.
2: You know, the mo- mm-hmm. the more we, like because we're we actually managed to get ground level. The the more of that we talk about it, like wow, we really lucked out getting ground level. Huh? Oh, <laughs> insanely.
3: S- I
1: mean, like... when you think about it, when you think about it, in that first like. Set of sales. It was something like thirty thousand tickets in like a day. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it shows you just how insane European wrestling fans really are, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and what it also shows you is how seemingly incompetent AEW are at booking a show <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> because all right, Sam, Sam will know what I'm. I'm gonna. What I'm about to say here, because I said this on one of the Discord servers that yeah. we're in.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay you have a wrestling show in the in the uk you've set attendance records right you're doing the biggest arena theoretically that you can do to a wide audience yeah right a why has this show's booking and advertising been a mess (laughs) right because because i understand that americans aren't going to get it Mm. Right They're not gonna understand the concept of, okay, you've sold eighty thousand tickets in the u k, but for them it's like, oh, well, you did Madison Square Garden. that means more, right mm.
2: yeah,
1: because it's their it's their own it's their own frame of reference. Eighty thousand tickets is absolute insanity.
2: Yes.
0: yes it's gen I believe that alone, the tickets alone have generated a revenue of nine million dollars
1: right so so with all of that, right. I find it hilarious that like American commentators are looking at being like, "Oh well, like you've got a show, be happy about it." You've got people there. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know we've got people there, but we want more. We want it to be. We want it to feel like the massive event that it is, I see, right?" And
0: it, and it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah. if we're having all of this, and like you know, the the multi-man matches or whatever, right? It it's an event. It's okay now again sam's gonna know exactly what i'm gonna say here (laughs) now tell me why you are doing a wrestling event in the uk and you do not have the acclaimed book booked on that show
0: exactly i don't (laughs) they were all over the advertising when it was originally announced as well so it upsets me greatly that max (laughs) and anthony actually can't.
1: tony khan okay Mm. tony khan is throwing potentially throwing away the easiest massive pop in his booking career.
0: <laughs> but he's throwing away. I think he's throwing away three. <coughs> let's be honest, because at the <coughs> moment we're recording this before um a uh, collision, um the go. I guess the go home collision. Um, yeah. And what we know so far is that the acclaimed aren't booked, but neither is the rumored Jeff Jarrett versus Grado match. Um. See and but, those like, three but like you would that... always get huge blocks, <clears throat> honestly.
1: See but 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 that is is like is like much more subject to to things right. And I know obviously like people people would want that and everything right. Hmm. But like obviously that that could just come down to various different things especially with Grado doing TV work. Yes. Right? That can come down to Tony Khan already employs the acclaimed <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now obviously obviously, they could appear they could have a promo they could have something, we don't know but if they are not on the show, he is throwing away the easiest reaction he could ever have
0: You're telling me
1: It would be like AEW booking a show in Japan and then not just and then just not getting Kenny Omega to walk out like, they could literally just have his name... Like, he could just walk out, stand on top of the rap, like, wave, and then just walk off. And we'd be of? fine.
0: To say, oh, what are you talking <clears throat> about? You don't have the acclaim. You've got Will Ospreay.
1: Don't need Will Osprey though. Yeah, I'm
0: telling you that, yeah, yeah. yeah exact, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It, I know,
1: I, is... I don't. Other people might, but not me.
2: <laughs> 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 we, <laughs> we? We? As a society... <laughs> Do not need I will
0: say this though. Um I'm very happy that Kota ibushi has got um got a spot in this.
1: Yeah, Koterabushi um I'm very happy and that Eddie's stuff like got that. it.
0: It's a shame that Eddie couldn't get his I would have thought he they, they could have sold Eddie versus Shingo Tagagi, honestly, at all in. I think a lot of people would have been happy about that, but we have no, it's, it's okay. The people, the
1: people, masks. the people at Rev Pro are probably angrily emailing yeah. Tony, being like, "Don't book, don't book Eddie Shingo. We want it."
0: Exactly, exactly. It is one of those things where it is what it is. But so far, I mean, um, the book has been all over the shop. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think, but it's not a bad. Uh, but it's only been worse... One of the matches have only been worsened by one of the people doing something stupid, haven't they, Dan?
1: <laughs> uh, they have been. Um, to follow up on the report, uh, Cash Wheeler um, was taken in for an arraignment relating to a, uh, what was originally reported as an aggravated assault charge. He waved a gun at, at someone in a road rage incident. <laughs> um, now, we don't know the full detail. A, just incredibly stupid although as people have been saying <clears throat> um it's hilarious how much ftr ball talks about being like an old school wrestler and cash wheelers out here acting like one
0: yeah Some- somewhere mark Calloway's <laughs> going i'm so proud of you
1: yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> i'm <laughs> protecting the business <laughs>
0: what what do you, what what do you mean you play video games <laughs> yeah you again have a gun yeah you
1: <laughs> playing video games no i'm waving a gun at traffic <laughs> jesus <clears throat> but like, obviously, like it's it's absolute insanity, and just like, I mean, the thing the thing is right is obviously with how it was originally reported with like aggravated assault with a gun. Everyone was like, "Well, okay, what is he like? Has he like hurt someone? Has he killed someone?" <clears throat> but like, obviously, you know, this situation is what it is. Yes, I find it funny that in wrestling, people have been like put to like put to the um. Put to the stocks for like much worse. Yeah, yeah. much worse. Much less. <laughs> so it's,
0: it's going to be. Uh, it, it, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very interesting um, thing. What we do, like, like is... obviously
1: they're going to his effort of getting him out there for this, but like, you know, it, like, was it like Eddie, Eddie Kingston, like punched Sammy Guevara and then was like suspended for three weeks?
0: <laughs> this is yeah, this is true. Like, an and an Andrade was kind of sent home. For for, (laughs) basically just telling Sammy Guevara he's a bitch.
1: What a base wrestler.
0: Uh, I'm saying that's this is why I love Andrade so damn much. Uh, No, Um, like, like this is
1: this is this is this is is the thing, right? Like, AEW is like all over the place.
0: What we do know is that they're going to say something about the situation tonight on Collision. Whether that is, well, I think I think
1: what they should. I think what they should say is interim tag titles, and then have the young bucks versus the acclaimed.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think that should that would do it for me. As I said, I wouldn't blame him if they if he just swaps it and now it's Aussie Open versus Bucks for the interim tag. That's titles. cringe. That's cringe, um, man. It would be it would be a really good match, Bardman. But it is it is one of those things. Where it is quite. It
1: would range. be. They're in the opener against Better Than You, baby, aren't they?
0: Yes. Yes, so I don't. I was gonna say I don't think that's gonna happen. I would love to see the acclaim, but even I don't think that's gonna. T- to Tony
1: happen. Khan has a deep enough roster that he doesn't need two people doing double duty.
0: It's gonna be Dax and Punk, honestly. I think <laughs> that's
1: absolute crack. That's I also know. crack booking. It's
0: crack, but it's the most likely one because of Tony. I mean, here's the we as I said this week. Like been... obviously,
1: we obviously like CM Punk will get a good reaction in in the UK, but like yes. also though, it's just like that's just. Come on, Tony. That's minimum effort booking. Yeah, come on. Exactly.
0: And thing is, he will do it. And that's the thing. If you've heard anything about where's this tweet, where's it's been where's where's,
1: week. where's the cool shit? Where's where's the where's the ECW send the luchadors out booking? Exactly.
0: Exactly. You've got, going <laughs> we, to say,
1: we don't know what to do. when We have time to fill. Just come on, go working, out there.
0: <laughs> you have a working relationship with both Triple R and CMLL.
1: Just like come on to come on to go out there and just do something. <laughs>
0: Fuck it, why not? You have a relationship with DET, Pro. Look at who's, there, who's Yo, the who's the champion right now.
1: Yo, the, the 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 Commander Claudio match. Let's go.
0: Why not? Why not? But again, it it won't happen. It will be F.T.R. It will be. DET. Yeah, I know. It
1: will be. It will be. It will be
0: crack. But here's the thing: it's another week, and we've got another whole bunch of CM Punk. Seemingly ticking people off again, um, arguing with Jack Perry for wanting to do a pre shoot on uh, on a certain day so he can have time to recuperate. Um, Punk took umbrage with that and said you're being unprofessional. You do it on the day of the of the show. Um, Ladi da. See, but um, the thing,
1: but then the thing with that though is apparently it was Jack. Jack wanted to do the pre shoot with real glass
0: as well. Uh, And he was was being talked down by by several producers and Tony Schiavone.
1: So like, but like, if the essence of it is him being like, no, like, don't, don't be an idiot. Don't, don't, don't go to the effort of using real gloss and then having to spend like three days recovering to fuck up production schedule or whatever. Yeah. Like, if that's the case, then I don't really care. At this point, I think anything involving CM Punk is being floated as drama at this point.
0: And news, it, it helps. It helps for the engagement of a lot of news of wrestling news sites. Let's be honest. I
1: I never thought we'd reach a point where we'd have our own version of the uh, what was it like Google ru- ruined ad <laughs> based, ad based ad based revenue online. I now know. it's just CM Punk.
0: <laughs> it really blooming, but it just seems like from what I've heard, a lot of people seem a bit unsure. A lot of people seem to be. What well, what you hear from wrestling news sites were treading on eggshells because of punk. Um, Ryan Nemeth was sent home, um, for his comments about punk earlier, like from from earlier, like months ago. Hangman was sent home, um, from last week's collision. Um, was no, it wasn't sent home, but was not allowed into the building and had to do a pre shoot from outside in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, which then it's
1: all just it's prompt, all just weird. With a sign
0: with a sign that said "Hang like North Carolina is Hangman Country," that prompted Punk to do a very weird promo. <laughs> okay, alright we're After gonna we're
1: recording. gonna we're, we're 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 gonna get to this though, right? Because CM Punk does this weird promo, just like basically shitting on Hangman,
0: right? And his merch. Sites.
1: Then, then, then later come. I mean, a AEW's merch is either go material or it's absolute
0: trash. It's 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 one or the other and nothing in between, let's be honest.
1: Like on one end of the scale you have like the the stuff for like the acclaimed and like the stuff that um the House of Black do on their own. Mm. Because like they design all their own stuff. And then you just have like the other end of stuff where it's just absolute cheeks. Yes. So I like I don't think anyone at AEW could attack anyone's merch sales because I mean to be fair, wrestling shirts as a whole are just fucking shit. The majority of them are shit now. Yeah. But like AEW's merch department astonishingly bad for the company they are, especially when people call them a glorified t-shirt company. They're not even that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but to to reiterate the tweet that i put out about this right cuz cm punk was like i feel like things were taken the wrong way i i i, I, I overstepped the boundary my brother in christ you were the one speaking <laughs> it wasn't like you gave an interview and then someone took your comments out of context it was not like <laughs> someone else was saying what you had said Imagine. it wasn't like it wasn't like someone was passing on your own word my you were the one in the ring speaking.
0: May I you just say... were the one
1: who chose the words you said.
0: <laughs> May I just remind everybody that we're talking about a 44 year old man <laughs>
1: my brother in Christ, you had the power
0: <laughs> no, exactly exactly exactly. and now I'm not calling his actions childish and stuff like that. I'm just like, dude, dude
1: stop like I just I just I just don't get it. Like, exactly. like, 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 like. What? What's the? To, 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 to quote. Uh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be a whole niche reference. Um, to quote the the Baku. I don't understand your problem, sir.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Like. Yeah.
0: Here's the thing. I, will I say don't. I you. don't
1: know what there is to say.
0: <laughs> I will say this. I'll quote a tweet that I sent the other day. When did CM Punk become the New York Yankees himself? <laughs> Oof.
2: <laughs> to quote his, Oof.
0: To quote his own promo for 2011.
2: You've a dire hero, you live long enough to wrong. see yourself become the New York Yankees. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this, this
0: is
1: what we said about him, though, is when we had that whole thing with with the, the first whole bunch of stuff, it was like, the the fucking brawl out and everything I'm just like, ah, I see he has become the thing he wanted to destroy
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing, I will always say this Uh, Collision on the whole, has actually been a very strong show, like from, from end to end, very solid show well put together wrestling matches, and the promos actually have some oomph to them and actually do have some meaning for being there so in all terms of what they've done, Collision's actually been very strong. Has been very well done and very well put together. I guess that's helped by the fact that you know the people behind it, including Danielson and Chris Hero, know what they're doing. They understand the assignment. Yeah. They know what how to put out a very solid wrestling product because both of them are some of the best damn wrestlers they've ever graced the ring. Um. But at the same time, Punk is really has not been helping himself at all. The thing I always see effect. about it
1: is that like Punk needs Punk does need to get over himself first. Like he is his own greatest hurdle. <laughs> I,
0: I hate to say it and I've said this to people. I don't say this to dunk on him. And I don't say this because I don't like him. I do. There there is there has always been something about Punk that I think that's drawn people to him. Um but he does again, it's just that the the guy needs to relax, <laughs> yeah pretty much I think i mean I the way the way, the
1: way the way i one. the way I put it is a is uh I was saying this to um some people I know about like it is equal it is equally possible that you can have like you know the same views on like a product as someone. You can have the same, like, personal values and stuff, and equally that person can align with all of those things for you and equally be a prick. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's really his key thing.
2: It really is the key thing, huh? That's
0: why I keep making the comparison, man. All I'll say is this. To a lot of people that know me for my work outside of the podcast, um... Oh man, I can't wait until the end of the year slash next year when we uh when me and me and Joseph uh show the world the fruits of our labor when we've been doing this really long research thing into um into CM Punk. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we're done with the news. <laughs> thank God. For let's that get for that. on with things.
0: <laughs> thank God for that. Right, let's head on over to recommendation corner. Read, and what have you got for us this week,
2: guys? How do you feel? About Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Brilliantly.
0: Um, always loved it. I've I've, I've been a... Oh God, fucking... Man, I, was it I,
1: Turtles I in Time?
0: Life- I've been a lifelong fan of the Turtles, and that's just through sheer osmosis with my brothers.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I was... Because my recommendation is, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yes. Fantastic. Really good. With... Extremely good, like vocal performances. Like the vocal performances are really are top notch, especially Jackie Chan, who actually does, mm. who actually does a diff- more different performance than like I'm generally used to. It's not like, it's not like, to not spoil. It's n- it's basically it's not what you think is going to be going down when you think of you know Jackie Chan as Master Splinter.
0: Oh, so he's not trying to be like. Of what they've kind of done. has been the established and live action films. Where he's almost kind of been the wary. Like Japanese ninja master.
2: Yeah it is. If you're going into thinking it's going to be that. It is not that. It is something a lot more interesting.
3: Nice.
0: And,
2: and very different to. Anything that I've really seen him do. Which is cool. so I'm I'm gonna leave it there. The vocal performances are great. The teenager they really are emphasizing the teenage part of the teenage mutant turtles. <laughs> like numerous, numerous references to Attack on Titan. Like of they course. are they are <laughs> teenagers. So which is very like which is funny because like for all it's been in the title the entire time and yet this is the first one I've seen where that's like Really, really, really emphasized. The, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a franchise has an extremely good batting average, and this one is no exception.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Of which, to be fair, shout out as well the announcement of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' last Ronin game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another,
2: quick, another quick recommendation read that comic. It is <laughs> so good.
0: I recently read it, and I was like, yeah, this figure is so damn good.
2: Yeah, I like. I got reference to it just before I um, just before I went to see Mutant May. There is a lot of good, you know. Just recommend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just as a concept, as a franchise. There is a lot of good stuff there.
0: Again, it is. It's just one of those things where it's it's uh, there's no in between with 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 Ninja Turtles. It's always been it's either very high. Or oh my god, what have they done? And I feel like I think the greatest example of oh my god, what have they done was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Yes (laughs) And from what I've heard, Mutant Mayhem is a very, very good, um, very good animated Ninja Turtles film.
2: Yeah, it it really is. Really is. And a quick another quick recommendation is if you have Hulu, that's Disney Plus if you're from you know Jolly Old England. (laughs) Um, I recommend the film Miguel Wants to Fight, which is basically a high school version of the 40-year-old version, only instead of wanting to have sex, it's never been in a fight. I love that.
0: Because I have heard good things about Miguel Wants to Fight as
2: well. (laughs) It's 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 a very short but very fun time. It's only like 75 minutes? Dang, that's short. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: to the average movie length nowadays. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It's not even like night. It's not even a ninety-minute. Uh, it's just like a seventy-five-minute little movie. It's but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and I do recommend it.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Oh, actually, one more thing, Arena. Before I, because I, I was gonna have a little recommendation of my own. Did Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do a good job on the soundtrack? Right.
2: So <laughs> Trent Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Ross did a great great soundtrack, but also Trent you need to chill. <laughs> because it's like because some of the stuff cuz like some of it is like oh we're going to like bring it back and we you know we're going to have this and this and we're going for a little black light kind of aesthetic what do you think trent and trent went just basically went broken ep again got it <laughs> it's, it is it is basically like more than any other of his stuff it is like baby's first 9 inch nails more than its any other like <laughs> more than any other soundtrack the man i love him he needs to relax <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it in
0: that regard. Uh, dude's been knocking it out of the park recently with the with the projects he's been on. Honestly,
2: quick quick sidebar. I really hope that he goes for that he goes for a musical, so I can say that Trent Reznor of all people has the ego. <laughs> that would be unreal. Actually, no. He still needs. A, I think he hasn't gotten an Emmy, but he's like he's two away. He really is. At, oh, man. And it's like, and it, I don't... I could see him very easily being able to get the Tony. The Emmy, he could do. Wait, did he get an Emmy for... Like, I'm going to continue. but Like, we're going to carry on, but I'm going to check if he got an Emmy for his Watchmen music. <laughs> did he do it? Um.
0: Alright, as you do that, reading, quick little recommendation. Maven's YouTube channel. Dude has understood the assignment a few videos in on how to make videos work and how to make YouTube videos with oomph and as well as not shy as a wrestling content creator a person who's been in the industry he's not shied away from the fact that the wrestling industry as great and as unique a job role it is isn't all that glamorous either Mm -hmm. Um, shout outs to Maven for doing that as well I mean a lot of... Uh, just a week ago, he did release his one where he was reacting to the John Oliver piece about WWE. And uh, he was very candid and honest about his um, his role and his life in the company. And, um, well, the physical and mental toll it took on him. It's a uh, very interesting, very um, sobering look on the world of wrestling. So I highly recommend Maven's YouTube channel for sure. But with that, it's time to get on to our main portion of the episode. Before that, Ridden, if you found out, did he win an Emmy? He
2: <laughs> okay. won an Emmy! There you go, he's won, won he, away! He, he literally just needs a Tony. He, and he could, like, honestly, honestly, uh, he could do, like, you could do a musical version, like, a jukebox musical version of the Downward Spiral. It'd be terrifying, but you could do it.
0: Explaining <laughs> that, that, he gets the Quake rights from Id, and he makes a Quake musical. <laughs>
2: The
1: Quake musical.
2: <laughs> honestly, at this point, would you be surprised?
0: No, not at all. He gets Mick Gordon and Sonic Mayhem to help write the soundtrack. I'm trying as well. to think
1: what would be the most Trent Reznor musical
2: to do. I honestly think it would either be. I honestly think <clears> it would, <throat> it's. There's no in between. Either it would like, be the can downwards...
1: I, can I get a? Can I get a? Can I get a? A modern dystopia version. A modern dystopia musical version of The Tempest. Honestly? By Trent Reznor.
2: <laughs> Sam, you just... Sorry, Sam, Dan, you just you just described Year Zero.
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: <laughs> Literally, all he has to do is make a musical of Year Zero or The Downward Spiral. He will get a Tony. It's...
1: There we go, then.
0: Trent?
2: If you're listening.
1: Trent, so you, know, you know, know what you got to do. <laughs> you know, know what you could look, do.
0: Look, look, Green Day had their own American Yeah, Give the yeah. people
2: what they want. <laughs> look, if Green Day does it, come on. <laughs>
0: exactly. All right, fellas. Let us talk about WWE UK exclusive pay-per-views. Fellas, my first question to you. What was your first uk pay-per-view that you saw or watched on tv
2: see i don't know because it for me as a kid it felt like any time any wrestling company was in the uk it was a proper pay-per-view even if it was just like even yeah, yeah, if it, it was, it's, yeah even if it was just like yeah. a taping because the atmosphere of every single one and and they would always do things like I I very distinctly with Raw they'd always put like massive Union Jack banners down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Even they, though they, it's... Did,
1: they did, they did. Um, I remember when I was younger, I went to a SmackDown taping at the O2, and I remember they had they had Wade they had Wade Barrett at the time, mm. and they. I remember watching the show back, obviously, when it got to being shown. Now, like, a massive hometown reaction for Wade Barrett.
0: Were they not expecting it at all?
1: No, it's not, no, because they were like, it's a massive hometown reaction for Wade Barrett in London. He's not from London. (laughs)
0: He's from from Preston. Yeah. ah oh, gosh the, 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 it, that's the crazy thing even just a, a mere mention of someone being from the united kingdom we will give them a pop yeah that's no it no matter who they are yeah but that, 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 that <laughs> is the thing though
1: because like as, as we said before growing up watching wwe it was very rare you even came across a british person in the first place
2: you're down, oh right. you're right
1: like we we can all we can all remember the days when we go on to like SmackDown versus Raw, and your options were like a London or Blackpool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mostly because all they had was William Regal and Paul Burchill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so you had like London or Blackpool, and then like maybe Manchester.
0: Because that, year uh, with, they would have which British I
1: will there. say, fun <laughs> fact: Do you know what's been? In- do you know what place in the UK has been included in WWE games? I think since about WWE Two K. Fourteen.
0: Has it been Chelsea, by any chance? No.
1: Mid Midlands. If, if you're from the Midlands, you'll know it. Birmingham. Near Birmingham. I don't know. I don't know. It is it is uh, a part, basically part of Birmingham Dudley?
0: Oh, Dud. Yeah, Dudley.
1: <laughs> yeah. For some reason, is included in the list of locations. I'm like, there are people in the UK that don't even know this place exists.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and unfortunately, it is not where the Dudleys are from, or the UK contingent of the Dudley yeah, we, family. Yeah,
3: we we wish.
0: Uh, you, you know, there's 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 sign guy Dudley, dances with Dudley, and bruv Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I mean, my for me. My first recollection would have been uh, one of the UK, like the Sky Box Office exclusive pay-per-views that they were yeah. I think it was 2000. And if memory serves me correct, it ended up being... Um, I think it was like Earl Hebner was tagging with The Rock. I couldn't be mistaken for that.
1: It sounds like the kind of thing that they would
0: do. It was yeah. It was a it was a very weird. It was a very weird thing. I do remember that there was a triple threat match for the ch- WWF Championship where The Rock, Triple H, and Shane McMahon main evented that match for the WWF Championship. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, I that think was that was that was two
0: thousand. That I believe that was Insurrection, and that would have been at Earl's it, Court as well. It was. God dang it! That thing was bloody weird, but. Uh, we'll get to that. Sh- we we'll get to that soon enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my one would have been, oh gosh, Insurrection two thousand three.
0: Damn, that would. I have mean, I'm been...
1: I'm going off. I'm going off the basis of when I would have actually been conscious of the fact that I was watching a wrestling show.
0: <laughs> oh jeez, would that have been Triple H versus Kevin Nash in the main probably. Event? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) We will get to those. We will get to those soon enough. So how did this all come about? uh, WWE's uh, slash F's um, foray into the United Kingdom with events and exclusive pay-per-views. Well, of course, it all came to the fact that the huge surging popularity in the WWF in the late 80s and early 90s came from, of course, their deal with Sky Sports. Yeah. They were drawing numbers at the time, especially considering that Sky was a, like, uh, was a cable like a premium,
1: premium cable service
0: and the people that did have it um, the biggest ratings were for well, here's the thing, fun fact, the two biggest ratings that Sky had (laughs) at that time when they got started were the WWF and the Simpsons
2: yeah, 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 that, that, that's the 90s that's the 90s
1: that is the 90s in a microcosm (laughs)
2: exactly again this is what uh made
0: or convinced bbc to syndicate the simpsons on bbc 2 for the longest time uh and is what convinced channel 4 in the late 90s to get wwf programming as well didn't last very long yeah because of the royal rubble 2000 but (laughs) But, yeah you know so, all of that being said, these shows were actually promoted with the Goldsmith um, contingent. So, concert promoter Harvey Goldsmith and his brother Martin, they would be the yeah. ones to run and promote the shows for the longest time, starting in 1989. Eventually, that would go over and they would actually, rather than having a separate company coming in to promote those shows, they would eventually do it internal. Uh, with the WWE setting up an office I think it was in in the early 2000s in London and eventually oh, really? running their international live events from that office in London and if memory serves me correct now uh, that, uh, that live events section was headed by someone I believe called Dave Bradley who is a very well known music live events uh, person he was one of the main people behind Live Nation Uh, was one of the co-founders of the heavy group who have done the heavy music awards and all of that stuff. Um, But he's now at the moment um, and has been for several years, the director of the international live events. So he's been the main person kind of booking and promoting the UK and indeed across the world, the live events for the WWE. So with all of that said, WWF really saw an opportunity to bring an international show over to the UK. And in 1989, they would hold their very first WWF UK event, which was then known as UK Rampage. This took place at the London Arena, which is the, uh, if memory That was UK. the
1: one that got torn down in like the mid 2000s, wasn't it?
0: Yes, that was the one that was nearish or was it no, it was in Millwall, wasn't it? By the Isle of Dogs, if memory serves me correct. That one that got demolished for housing, if memory serves me
1: correct. I mean that could just be anywhere in East London at this point. That is, that's yeah.
0: very that is for <laughs> true. That is for true. Um so I know it got
1: torn down like the two thousand
0: or something. So here's here's a very here here is the very interesting fact about this very first one. Build an America as Simply, first WWF UK event.
1: Nice. Okay. So
0: actively, it would get changed as WWF UK Rampage 1989. But it was actually sold in this country as WWF on Sky One. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, the book it, for the card for this event is a very interesting one. They sold out the London Arena at 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. Huge number. It was started off with a dark match, which actually saw a lot of uh, three of the very well-known peeps in British wrestling: Dave Fit Finlay, Mark Rollable Rocco, okay, right. and Stone Murphy, better known as John Joseph Murphy, who was who worked mostly here, but was a Canadian wrestler who made his who kind of made his uh, role in Stampede and eventually moved over to Georgia Championship Wrestling and Jim Crockett Promotions. They would end up defeating the team of Al Perez, Dave Wolf and Tim Horner, basically uh jobber guys in the WWF at the time. But apparently from all said all uh, from what I known, they were really interested in both Dave and Rollable Rocco at this time. But Mark Rollable Rocco um, very famous, well-known, one of my boys in, in, in British wrestling would end up going over to Japan having a well-known stint as the very <clears throat> first Black Tiger. Eventually, he would give that role to one Eddie Guerrero.
1: Okay, sorry, just quickly, because I, I looked up the information on the arena and I found some information that I feel like I have to share with you guys. Okay. Um, uh, which is that uh, <laughs> from 2001 to 2002, uh, the London Arena had a spread of concerts uh, featuring Korn, Slipknot, okay, okay. and Linkin Park. And on the 20th anniversary reissue of Hybrid Theory, the recordings from the performance at the London Arena were used huh. as the as the live versions.
0: So yes, i be damned.
1: So there you go.
0: <laughs> so. In terms of the actual card itself, we had Coco Beware defeat- defeating Boris Zukov in a 11-minute classic. Oh, Dino- absolutely. Dino Bravo beating Bret Hart. <laughs> Jim Duggan beating the Honky Tonk Man. Okay. In what was the longest match on the card, we had the Rockers defeating the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Oh my god. In the penultimate <laughs> match, the Brooklyn Brawler defeats Paul Roma. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. What is going on here? And in
0: the main event for the WWF Championship, we had Hulk Hogan accompanied by Miss Elizabeth defeating Randy Macho Man Savage with Creek Queen Sherry. The Macho <laughs> King, I should say. Yeah, Macho <laughs> King. You stole my wife all gonna know you're fucking her behind my book. <laughs>
1: Wow. I mean, honestly, basically, what that tells me is that they they had they had they're like, all right, we'll give them one thing that they want. The rest is just a free for all. <laughs> whoever whoever turns up gets it.
0: Fuck it, this is just a glorified house show. We don't care. La di da da.
1: Basically. Basically.
0: So they wouldn't come back to the London Arena until April of 1991, where UK Rampage, the the first official, but I guess the second. Retroactively, UK Rampage event would take place. One of the interesting facts about this is that this was the actual debut, officially, if you would like to say it, the official WWF debut of one Stephen Regal. Hmm. Oh, he, he, he would team with his with longtime compatriot Dave Taylor and Tony Saint Clair defeat the team of drew mcdonald chick cullen and johnny south this was a british wrestling match in like all of them were part of the british wrestling scene thank goodness
1: i was gonna say i haven't heard any of those names out of the outside the context of the words world of sport
0: (laughs) exactly exactly no but drew mcdonald was a very well-known scottish wrestler uh toured germany and canada this whole uh for, for his entire career um Ended up having rivalries with Fit Finley, Steve Regal in Germany. Ended up uh, teaching Chris Jericho a few things during his time in Germany. He's been all over the place as Drew McDonald. As a matter of fact, apparently from what, at one point he was part of a of a, sc- of, of a tag team over in Germany where he adopted the name uh, Ben Dune and his partner was Phil McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> I, That's I, the, shit, I that. I you not.
1: <laughs> right, frankly, that is British culture.
0: <laughs>
1: that makes me proud to be from these islands.
0: What Ben Duda film? Again? Yes. <laughs> Alright,
2: I just wanted to say that to you too because I know you get a lot. Yeah, I'm laugh just like I'm like It's an
1: all timer bit.
2: I'm just here shaking my head. Just It's like, an all timer bit.
0: Unfortunately, even though he was in the, uh, the second-to-last match uh, in the very first UK pay-per-view, exclusive pay-per-view, Brooklyn Baller was demoted to Dark Match, where he would defeat Steve Casey. Jobber extraordinaire, Steve Casey. <laughs>
1: they were like, you get
0: the one. <laughs> Not much to say about this one. There was uh, Jim Neidhart ended up having a match defeating the Wardlord. Ted DiBiase defeated K- Kerry Von Erich. Uh, Greg Valentine defeated Haku, which I can only imagine that Haku choked out Valentine at the end because you do not mess with Haku. (laughs) The Rockers ended up having, again, one of the longest matches on the card, defeating the Orient Express. Uh, British Bulldog defeated the Berserker. Yay, (laughs) there's there's, there's the British pride right there, everybody. There's the Um, hometown win. And again, in the main event for the WWF Championship, Hulk Hogan defeated... Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter, which is accompanied <laughs> by General Adnan.
1: That is that is an absolutely crazy clarifier I have to put in, but that is re- that is the nature of wrestling. That's... I'm also extremely distrustful of any Jim Nightheart singles match.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is for, that is for <laughs> true. It wouldn't. It would actually be a few months later in 1991 that where they would have their third one and their very first. Uh, Pay per view or UK uh, show at the Royal Albert Hall, which was known as the Battle Royal at the Albert Hall. Get it? Oh, because...
1: sick. <laughs> Just call it Battle Royal Albert Hall, man. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Exactly. It sucks, but it
1: sucks. But I. Like...
0: <laughs> what I will say about this is actually, this actually does have some really cool match, classic matches from this one. Uh, we start off with a nasty boys defeating the Rockers tag match. Eh?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! You said this was nice.
0: <laughs> I will, I will get to it eventually. Trust me, I will get to it. Uh, Ric Flair defeating Tito Santana in a, in actually not a bad match. This would actually, funnily enough, be Ric Flair's very first match in the UK.
1: <laughs> that that doesn't sound too crazy though
0: think about it any wa world heavyweight champion he'd been to puerto rico to mexico to argentina he'd been to japan numerous times yeah but like the thing this... is though is
1: that the the u the uk is a, is a, a and europe as a whole is drastically unserved by the 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 american market we'll get to it later
0: we will definitely get to it later that's for sure <laughs> Uh, we had the Undertaker defeating Jim Duggan in what would be Taker's very first foray as the t- as Undertaker in the UK. Uh, the one match that I definitely love like, I will tell people, is actually one you should go out and watch because I think they were just because they were so damn popular and over in this country was the Legion of Doom uh versus the uh, versus Power and Glory for the tag championships. According- Gee, that sounds like he. Lod were tag champions at this time, so they were overall. Weak. <laughs> but you, I can't understand. I can't understate like just how over Legion of Doom was in this country. Oh yeah,
1: crazy. My <laughs> my my brother, my, bro, my <laughs> brothers had so over. many LOD figures.
0: I think there. I think a lot of it comes from the fact, of course, the advertising and their like merchandising numbers. But I think a lot of it comes from Mad Max was actually quite popular in this country.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: I think people forget that, like, will people get mad at me for calling Mad Max Australian media?
2: <laughs> no, why? It is Australian Cause,
1: media. Cause, no, because uh, there's um, there's there's Americans and they're weird. But,
2: but it is. It is. <laughs> no, I know,
1: I know, I know. But like American, some there are some Americans out there try and maintain that it's an American thing. Anyway, oh
0: fuck.
1: British gosh. media and Australian media has a very distinct crossover. <laughs>
2: This is yes. true. This is true. This but is this... This, this is how Kylie Minogue can be torn apart.
0: <laughs> and that's and this is the reason why an American company gave her the role of British British Special Forces Agent Cammy White in the Street Fighter film.
1: Yeah, but that was all part of that. No, but that was because of they needed to have an Australian actress.
0: But also, of course, American more like the, the 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 baby white meat American that is Jean Claude Van Damme. But I digress. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it doesn't matter though, because speaking of Kylie Minogue, there's only one group that Kylie Minogue will truly belong to, and that is the quiz.
0: You damn right. Anyway, this was all main evented by, of course, the 20-man Battle Royale. Uh, basically, Royal Rumble rules. Some of the names listed here were, of course, the who's who of WWF at the time. Hercules. Brian Knobs, Martin <laughs> Ginnetti, The Barbarian. Jerry Sags. Earthquake. See,
1: but the the problem I have with this, though, right, is that obviously like we clown we clown on Marty Jannetty now, but we don't we didn't know what we know now about him. Oh,
0: you're downright. right, <laughs> you're
1: down <laughs> right. Like in off- like in like in retrospect, it, this is absolutely hilarious seeing Marty Jannetty. But I'm like, no, he was actually considered not quite not very positively, but well in his time. Yes,
0: yeah, this is we true. did not
1: know what would come.
0: <laughs> the Mountie, Paul Roma, Ric Flair. The Road Warriors, The Undertaker, and of course the eventual winner, the British Bulldog. Basically, everyone that was on the card basically was part of this Battle Royal, Bay <laughs> In a way. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty pretty much. I- I'm looking at the card. My only issue with this is who the fuck let Earthquake and Big Boss Man have fifths, almost 16 minutes? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Who 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 made that call? Um.
0: I bet. I think they were left unsupervised by Vince. Honestly, at <laughs> like, and
1: like, um,
0: this actually is significant <laughs> for the one reason that this was one of Andre the Giant's last wrestling appearances, live wrestling appearances. I uh, just I just want to
1: make it known: the Earth- Earthquake versus the Big Boss Man went longer than the Battle Royal. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's crack. That's crack. <laughs> I said said it was on Andre's last appearances Mm. Um, it's crazy really in a
0: non-wrestling capacity uh, because he was his health was like bad by this point (laughs) oh he was having to use um, a Zimmer frame to to go around at this point because of just how shot his health was and this was after his appearance as well in Herb Abrams UWF as well yeah, thought I'd bring that up.
1: It's okay. There's, there's 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 no there's no line Herb Abrams won't cross. Exactly.
0: No,
2: that no, was really close.
0: Again, we need to make a UWF episode. Soon, we do. <laughs> so, the increasing popularity of these shows, the fact that they were close to sellouts every every time they would come to this country, meant that their popularity was skyrocketing through the roof. Not only just in the UK, but in Europe as a whole. This, of course meant that they could do something far bigger than these arena shows and, of course, the one at the Royal Albert Hall. That was decided with the Goldsmiths, with WWF and Vince McMahon, struck a deal with Wembley Stadium to host one of their top four pay-per-views in Wembley Stadium. That, of course, meant that we got SummerSlam 1992 live from Wembley Stadium. The tagline, of course, was the SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. Now here's the thing. 1992 wasn't a popular boom time for them at this point. Uh the numbers were going down. The the uh the, the roster was was wearing a little bit thin. We're getting to the point of we're getting to the point where they are now being almost kind of they're being investigated for steroid abuse, basically around this time. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be until 93, where, of course, all of that came to a head. Um, But yeah, this is but they sold out huge. And this was a massive event for them. Um, And this, of course, also came into a part from the increasing popularity of Davey Boy Smith. So all of these all of these factors combined and we get this huge, huge event. Now, attendance varies on who you talk to. Apparently, it ended up being... Uh, well, the number is 80,355. That's sort of disputed. Apparently, it was a bit closer to 79,000. Um, it or Some people will tell you that it was more closer to 82,000. The number's all over the place because, of course, WWE love to inflate their numbers. <laughs> yeah. They have a great history for, for it. What I do know for a fact, though, is between ticket prices and merch sales, from this event alone, they generated 3.6 million dollars. And they promoted the hell out of this event in the UK. They ended up having brand deals with Burger King. uh, They ended up having brand deals with uh, various newspapers. They ended up, I think it was the Mirror, that actually had a thump front page spread that's about four pages chronicling Davy boy Smith's journey and how we got here to the uh to the intercontinental title uh picture
1: it's a long way from uh, is he is he Wigan Saint Helen's Warrington one of them
0: around that around that area
1: somewhere around
0: there greater Manchester area basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and this uh, man did he I mean did he have the whole flipping uh country behind his back but before we get actually to that main event it was actually funny enough the main event was supposed to be warrior versus savage but because of the huge the marketing campaign was so huge and the fact that they were starting to see that people were really getting behind davy boy smith vince bumped the intercontinental title match to the main event Mm-hmm. See, that's kind of the smartest decisions he think I think he's ever made. I, can you honest... can you
1: imagine that Vince listened to an audience and made a decision based on it?
2: I mean to be fair it was 30 years ago, so that's that's <laughs> but... what I'm saying, like... <laughs> But like the thing is but about that is I find that kind of nuts that like 92 it's not even like 80s warrior, 92 Yes. error warrior almost got the main almost got the main draw that's wild <laughs> like again we're in the midst of the steroid scandal that seems to be trying to piss someone off
0: yeah exactly exactly and it makes you laugh when i look through this card it does make me laugh of what we get here so Uh, to have a couple of dark matches we have to start off we had Jim Duggan and the Bushwhackers defeating the Mountie and the Nasty Boys or which is what I'll say for a UK event that is of course the only way they could start is with the Bushwhackers yeah (laughs) yes I can't begin to again it's that one of those things I can't begin to tell people they were fucking over in the UK with the Bushwhackers (laughs) The bushwhack-
1: see, what, see, I, I, as i say to all americans that i come across what gets over in the uk is like a complete abstract concept compared to the us
2: it really is the bushwhackers getting over is just like how the wiggles get over
1: exactly but, the, but this is the thing i'm saying right they're like oh like the if we talk about the bushwhackers being over i'm like you just gotta understand they just would be
0: They They just just would be. They just (laughs) would be. And after that, the second dark match was Papa Shango defeating Tito Santana. Oh my god! Of course, we started with the tag match of the Legion of Doom versus Money Inc. Of course, the very infamous story about this was that the uh, that was that Hawk and Animal were partying with the London contingent of the Hell's Angels the day before (laughs) and the morning of the the match.
2: How much do you think a British you, a British Hell's Angels drinks.
0: A lot. By a lot.
2: A, like <laughs> bloody hell. And
3: enough to it...
1: keep an, enough to keep John Smiths in business on their own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gonna say, yeah, it's like, yeah, it definitely is John Smith's the more I think about
1: it. Come on, they're they're definitely like they're like John Smiths or like what is it? Um oh, Fuller's of... Uh, 4X, Four X hasn't really made it here. Nah, can, we it get, hasn't... Can, we get, can we can we get a VB in the UK? That's for my Australians out there.
0: This, yeah. It was yeah. It's it, it seems like Fuller's, John Smith's, and if they were feeling adventurous, I feel at that time it probably would have been hooch as well.
1: Nah, probably. I don't think they're drinking hooch.
0: You don't think?
1: Oh no! What was that? Um. Oh, I can't remember the name, of it, it was the, there was a, it, old. It was this old canned cider. I remember oh, talking about it.
0: God,
2: I reckon I there's some canned
1: cider. Yeah,
2: I can't. What remember. I
0: do know for a fact, though, is that Hawk was off his tits.
1: So clearly, he had an all timer performance in the ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the silliest thing. <laughs> he absolutely did. I want to know the person who gave every that gave that gave Hawk an animal the all-clear to do their entrance on Harley Davidson. Yeah! <laughs> Which, by the way, is actually an all-timer entrance of them coming out into the, going through the long entranceway in gold shoulder pads, <laughs> flipping on Harley Davidson. And Paul Ellering on a Harvey Davis, Harley Davidson as well. Now, this is during a time where Paul Ellering had Rocco the puppet as well. So, you know, you know, you know, swings and roundabouts when it comes to this.
1: <laughs> just just look at just look at the um, just just look, <laughs> look at the Harleys.
0: Just look at the Harleys. <laughs> this also makes me laugh because, of course, I think it was uh, I no, it was Ted DiBiase. They gave Hawk a pile driver to the outside and Hawk now sold the shit out. <laughs> He literally just took it and then brought us straight back.
1: That's British culture right there.
0: I mean, I know Hawk always did that, but Hawk off his tits doing that, I just think is just it's just...
1: It's the alcohol flowing through the system. It dulls the pain. It really does.
0: Uh, The next match though, I feel, is really funny. Nails defeats Virgil. (laughs) Now that that, that's an all-timer jobber match. Yeah. Of course we're talking about the st- the steroid trials Of course we have to bring up nails Now if memory serves me correct, I believe um, This actually was what caused Kevin Schultz To confront Vince McMahon About this, because he was not paid He really wasn't paid very well uh, For this one, and this was the catalyst <laughs> we did For him attacking Vince <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> respectfully if i was put into a if i was put into a program with virgil on pay-per-view i would not be happy either
0: <laughs> uh on this card as well we have rick martell versus Shawn michaels on a double count out the natural disasters in a ta- uh, defending their tag titles against the beverly brothers see
1: that sounds like that would be kind of secret heat
0: yeah, that sounds
2: like actually that actually sounds like that would actually be a an an underdog good match.
0: Oh, honestly, went back and watched this before this episode. Wasn't that actually bad a match that, that I remembered? Uh, yeah. we had Kona Crush defeating Repo Man.
1: Oh, I do shout out Kona Crush! What a guy!
0: Um, uh, Ultimate Warrior defeats Randy Savage via countout for the WWF Championship, and what was oh, that? What was the longest match on the card, believe it not? That's so
1: garbage. That's yeah. so garbage.
0: Uh, Undertaker defeating Kamala. Um, yes, that was a match. I
1: don't in even what... know how to feel about that match. Yeah, in what, was
0: the penulti... in what was the penultimate match on the card, but was actually viewed as a dark match on the actual pay-per-view? Tatanka defeats the Berserker in five minutes.
1: Huh. They were like, we 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 really gotta let the the crowd cool down before the main.
0: And of course, yo, A- let's get this
1: crowd, let's get this crowd on
0: ice <laughs> <laughs> before, of course, we blow the roof off the place. Which is exactly I don't know how they did it because that could have that match could have damn near killed the crowd. We had of course Bulldog versus Heart for the I.C. Championship. Now before we get on, of course, before we end this little segment. Man, what could be said about it? We've talked about this match a numerous times in passing, and I'm pretty sure we will in future episodes. But this match, this match rules. It's so, I mean, the crowd was so damn invested. Um, I can't begin to tell people that, you know, how just, how over not only Davey Boy was at this time, but just how over Bret Hart was in this country. As well, yeah, yeah, and these two just had, had Wembley in the palm of their hands and they could have absolutely done anything, but they put on an absolute clinic. And it also, again, brings up the story of how it's amazing how they even were able to like have the crowd in their palm of their hands and have an absolute wrestling clinic when the story goes that Davey Boy completely forgot everything that they that they sought out for the match. I, I,
1: well, I feel like the key part of this is that he forgot everything because he'd spent multiple weeks doing crack.
0: <laughs> now again, it's the story of he was so nervous that he forgot and then there's the other bit of he was off his teeth. It's just like whole <laughs> Honestly, I would, I, I, would I think
2: like... it's. I why not both? Honestly, I, <laughs> I think it's why not both. I would, say oh, I name, would like
1: to. Name. I would like to recall this bit from um, <laughs> uh, from Bret Hart's autobiography, *Hip Man: My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling*. Um, he had been unable to contact Davey Boy Smith to prepare for the match, as Smith had spent a few weeks before the match smoking crack with Jim with Jim Neidhart. <laughs> oh
0: my
1: Oh <laughs> God. Damn it. But, but again, though, all time a performance.
0: <laughs> and that's the craziest thing it was. It was one of Davey Boy's best matches. The
2: <laughs> because wrestling just doesn't make any
1: sense. Don't let anyone tell you that crack isn't a ped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh jeez, <yeah. laughs> oh, louise but no that ended up of course with Davey boy winning the championship to a thunderous ovation and what was considered one of their best events of the 90s uh in 1993 they would have one more uk rampage this time debuting in sheffield uh again not much really to say about this it was a glorified house show for this one we had Jim Duggan and Yokozuna in a dark match, we had Fatu defeating Brian Nobbs Doink the Clown facing off against Kamala Bob Backlund defeating Damian Demento Typhoon versus the Brooklyn Brawler the only one that, the only two matches that you could kind of consider watchable were Crush versus Shawn Michaels for the IC title that ended in a count out and Lex Luger defeating Jim Duggan via disqualification. Not great. And they wouldn't. And, and because of that, really. And you would think the, the the massive numbers that they did with SummerSlam, the constant times they would tour and put Ramp on Rampage shows that would still be very popular. You'd think they'd come back every year. It wouldn't be until 1997 that they would actually return to the UK with the now infamous one night only pay-per-view that took place at the NEC arena in Birmingham. Now the reason I say this is infamous is purely because of the main event um, which was going to be headlined with Davey Boy Smith taking on Shawn Michaels for the WWF European Championship. Now the reason I say that this is infamous is as follows. If memory serves me correct, I believe it was David Boy Smith's sister at this time that was that was quite seriously ill. And what he wanted to do was wanted to dedicate this match to her and to send the crowd I'm happy by having a you know a, a triumphant victory. Um but uh, I, will, before I will get to um, why that didn't happen as we go down the card. Um, so, we start off, actually, with a very kind of, like, really cool match, which saw Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeat Dude Love in a, in a Barnstormer of a match. At this time, you've got to understand, like, Helmsley and Foley, we've discussed this before in matches that they've been in, these two just worked so damn well together and bought the best out of one another in this time. And eventually, of course, yeah. when they would reignite that feud in 99 2000, they always had it on. And this was always one of the best things they, they ever did together at this time. Uh, we had Tiger Ali Singh versus the future Al Snow, Leaf Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> the Headbangers, which again... They were the tag champions at this time. And again, the headbangers were quite popular in this country, defeating Los Brawikas. Of course. Here's one that always, always confuses me. Flash Funk, Too Cold Scorpio versus the Patriot, Del Wilkes. (laughs) That's a
1: thing. That's a choice.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, why the Patriot on a UK pay-per-view?
1: Don't worry about it. (laughs)
0: of course we had lod versus the godwins you know again at this time legion of doom i went back and watched this they've still got quite the pop because it's the legion of doom yeah, yeah. vader versus owen hart in again i can't see it enough how good this match was because it's <laughs> vader and owen hart
1: that that that's the good kind of crack booking
0: in the second to last match bret hart defeats The Undertaker via disqualification in a match for the WWF Championship. Bret Hart at this time was firing on all cylinders. This was heel Bret Hart where he was absolutely booed out of the building in America but absolutely cheered in Canada (laughs) and the UK. (laughs) 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 Bret
1: was right. He was right.
0: (laughs) Now originally it was supposed to be if memory serves me correct that uh, it was supposed to be Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Originally, if if the because I remember the it's actually one of the uh, posters here. The original poster actually has it as uh Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in a WWF Charter match. This is when Austin was, of course, the um, IC champion as well. But then in SummerSlam, he gets his ne- his neck gets broken with that um, set out pile driver from uh, Owen, so that takes him off the card, and they then sw- they sw- switch over quick because Undertaker was originally supposed to face off against Ahmed Johnson, who had recently joined the Nation of Domination. But two weeks into him joining the Nation of Domination, Ahmed Johnson gets injured. (laughs) And so in a quick switch around, they ended up having, of course, to switch it, and Undertaker ends up going up against Bret Hart for the championship. In the main event, for the European championship, Davy Boy Smith with his wife Diana Hartsmith, faces off against Shawn Michaels with D Generation X. That's China, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and Rick Rude. <coughs> now, the reason I wanted to save this for last. And bring up, of course, that David Boy Smith wanted to make this a triumphant kind of like hometown victory, send the crowd home happy and dedicate it to his sister who was seriously ill at the time, is because Shawn Michaels was 1997 Shawn Michaels and wanted to do anything he possibly could to win any short championship. That didn't work for him, brother. And because, I'll tell you this right now, I think it's abundantly clear even now that Vince has, uh, well, Vince. Vince had favouritism over Shawn Michaels. That's, yeah, because no he suggest. saw Shawn Michaels
1: as marketable in the US.
0: Yes, Shawn Michaels, Capitalism
1: reads its head over and over, yada yada yada. We've been through this dance before. Shawn yes.
0: Michaels politicked his way to become the champion and get the win at that time.
1: Which, to be fair, uh, in, the, in, in, in the history of that don't work for me, brothers, this is like one of the most egregious...
0: I can't imagine how, through gritted teeth, Davy Boy had to do those pre-records, dedicating the match to his sister. Yeah. Knowing that he had to put over Sean. Like,
1: like honest, honestly, you're at the point where you're like, I'm amazed that he didn't actually just go shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, needless to say, Birmingham was pissed. And as a matter of fact,. Sean tried to goad the crowd into actually jumping the barricade at one point.
1: Yeah, and he would have actually gotten mashed up for real. Yeah. Well, one
0: thing I think Sean Michaels didn't realize at that time, probably because he was probably off his tits as well, is that uh don't go to Birmingham crowds. Don't go to people <laughs> in the UK. Oh, I, I mean, I say, I mean, no, you just don't because <clears throat> <laughs> I'll tell you this much. the crossover between wrestling fans and football fans at that time, oh boy, you probably would have been in a world of it's trouble
2: <laughs> practically a circle <laughs> <laughs> just, oh. like like guys don't 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 boost the crowd of a people who invented heavy metal yes. just just don't do that. <laughs> Oh, dang. So,
0: this brings us to a very interesting little period of time within the WWF between 98 and 99. There was originally going to be a pay-per-view exclusive event known as Mayhem in Manchester. But at the last moment, WWF actually pulled out with Sky Sports to make it a pay-per-view event. And thus, Mayhem in Manchester on the 4th of April 1998 be- actually became a vhs exclusive
1: oh my god
0: um this would actually be the very last event in wwf history that would feature the old school block wwf logo um with the with the uh the gold block logo of the of the yeah of the golden era of of wwf with the uh (sighs) with the light blue ropes as well and and of course the apron um the aprons as well, being the old school block uh logo. Fun little fact there. But from what from, uh, all I'll say is this: is like how how did they when it, this actually card actually seemed really based. So we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Bruckus. Okay. We had the Godwins versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. All right, maybe there's a reason why they're in a strap match. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart defeating the Nation of Domination. Okay. The artist formerly known as Gold Dust defeating Cactus Jack. All right. LOD 2000 defeating the New Age Outlaws for the tag team championship. No, I don't know
1: how I feel about LOD 2000, but
0: <laughs> Steve Austin defeating Triple H for the WWF Championship. And in the main okay. event, we had The Undertaker versus Kane. Again, this that is a... that sounds
1: like a, that sounds like a well-booked event. Yeah,
0: that's said, so, so, so how that's how sound... the... How in the blue blazes did that get VHS exclusive status? That sounds astonishingly normal.
2: <laughs> yeah, like that's that's a solid card. What what, what was what was that going on there? The
0: crazy thing was they they drew twenty thousand people as well at the at the Manchester Arena as well. So what is
1: like... this crack that they are doing?
2: <laughs> they really don't understand that the that they really they were really it's it's a it's a historical thing about american wrestling companies gravely underestimating the 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 uk rabid fan base of wrestling yes they, like, they, like can, we just we, are can an, we just we
1: are an aggressive market
2: can i just <laughs> like can we stop for pause for a moment and just kind of like just say this out in the open it's kind of annoying that that so many years of this keeps happening and every time amongst amongst like most wrestling like the wrestling community it's a shocked pikachu face that the uk (laughs) enjoys wrestling this much
1: you think they this is the thing i say like i find it crazy that because like the thing is right in in it was never wwe never seemed to figure it out despite the fact that we are a rabid market SummerSlam 92 should have really been focus we were selling out rebellion <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's, that's, that's the market the but thing. but the thing is though wcw got it mm-hmm. tna got
2: it yeah, TNA yeah, yeah. absolutely well, TNA got it. understood right?
1: just for some reason something got missed
0: it's a, it's it's strange very strange that their their mindset i think it's more of a vince thing Mindset than it was actually a company wide mindset because I can only imagine the marketing team were like, "Guys, we are making gangbusters in the UK." Yeah! <laughs> like the marketing and and and, and the board of directors going, "Guys, there's something here. We're making loads of money from from this one from this one market. Why don't we just Why don't we just keep doing this?" But it's like, "Ah, South America. I don't like America. La, la, la. I don't
2: like the UK." La, la. <laughs> I... Maybe. Hmm. I'm I'm actually kind of skeptical on it. Mm. I don't it just I don't know. I don't know, man. It just doesn't make any damn sense. It really doesn't, and it's kind of frustrating. This
0: brings us to one of the most infamous, I guess you could say, events that the WWF put on in the UK. Gentlemen, it is time to talk about Capital Carnage from December 1998 at the London Arena. Why is this so infamous? Number of reasons. Um, uh, one of the things actually that that gets brought uh, up actually on this one is this. Unfortunately, was the time where Jim Ross actually ended up suffering his second um Bell's palsy attack, and unfortunately, this happened on air during oh, this no. as well.
2: Oh dear. And
0: so during the time, uh, you, I think you do see that Jim goes and um Michael Cole takes over. Um, from commentary at this time, um, Jim had a really, really rough, rough time coming into England. He was not feeling well at all on his way over here, and it all culminated and came to a head during this event. So, unfortunately, that happened. Um, other things, of course, were just like so apparently just like a lot of things were just all over the place but the reason i bring up this is infamous was because this is where we got to finally see the inclusion of noted uk celebrities the most and of course this one saw the debut of vinnie jones
2: yeah boy the (laughs) was was there anyone more more hyped up than vinnie jones in the uk during the 90s
1: vinnie jones had like his own like personality
2: cult really <laughs> he, did
0: he really and we're talking about this is vinnie jones just retired from football with there's now yeah. his he's he's like his name in the acting world he had just I was going to say up, like uh, guy
1: rich guy rich hadn't even reached his like critical mass yet
0: exactly no. <laughs> exactly So this is Vinnie Jones now On his way to Pretty much Hollywood stardom at this point Which is a weird thing to say But it is true Yeah It is true because he was solidly From from like 99 to 2005 I dare say He was the go to guy to playing The the henchman For every action film in Hollywood
2: Yeah just the (laughs) ultimate Henchman You just see him and he's just the henchman
0: but I, what i will say is i do like his inclusion in this because he was like he ended up having a in-ring interview uh in the middle of the mat in the middle of the night again uh with michael cole and he would end up appearing on the main event the main event of this was uh it was oh where where is the card i had it here the okay. card stone cold steve austin versus Mankind, Kane and the Undertaker in a fatal four-way match with Gerald Briscoe as special guest referee, Big Boss Man a special guest enforcer, but Vinny Jones came into the corner to help out stone cold Steve Austin, which is the
1: mo- which is the most UK crossover. I have just checked my I've checked the timings and dates. Uh, Lockstock had been released like 4 months earlier.
2: Wow, well, yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm also, saying, the, the the Vinnie Jones
0: fit for Capital Carnage is like he, this is this is this is peak Guy Ritchie, leather coat, black turtleneck jumper, gold chain with the boxing <coughs> gloves on. This is this is peak, like Vinnie Jones, Guy so, Ritchie. Oh
2: yeah, because yeah, that's right. He he, because I I I was gonna ask that because I just realised that like farmer Vinny Jones is relatively recent, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
2: That's only been the past decade and change, I'd say.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love this, though. He, to promote the Capital Carnage event, they actually did use Vinny Jones in a number of promotional materials. Vinny Jones actually had a, had a custom leather jacket made for him, and it was diamond <laughs> encrusted on the back that said, Jones for WWF Wrestling. And there was serious talks from Vince McMahon to actually sign Vinny Jones to a WWF contract.
1: I can't lie, I reckon he would have done bits.
2: I've... I... have mm, I... That would have been interesting. That Not could have necessarily
1: gone... in a good way, but yeah. like he would have done bits.
2: <laughs> I... Honestly, that, that could go either way. Either that would actually work really well or be terrible.
0: <laughs> it, it would have been one of the two. I don't know which... But I think Chris, uh, sorry, uh, Vinny Jones, sorry, would have uh, would have did the best decision and actually kind of focus on his acting career. No,
2: no, no, he absolutely did the correct decision.
0: <laughs> so what else was on this card? Well, here bits and pieces. This is like a time capsule of WWF in the in 1999. We had the Headbangers defeating Legion of Doom in a tag match. Val Venus continuing his feud with Gold Dust. We had Christian and Sable defeating Jacqueline and Mark Mero in a weird mixed tag match. Unfortunately, this was during the time where Mark Mero was described, and I quote from a lot of wrestling uh, people, as a cuck. I think oh. that's the word. Okay. Yes. Yes, well, in a sense that he, uh, from what I've heard anyway, that's what people describe Mark Mero as. Basically, Sable would use Mark Mero's powerbomb finisher on Mark Merrow. He's basically getting jobbed out by his own wife, basically. Yeah, but a lot of people consider that him being cut. Neat. <laughs> Ken, Ken Shamrock absolutely having a barnstormer of a match against Steve Blackman for the Intercontinental Championship. Triple H defeating Jeff Jarrah. And The Rock defeating X-Pac for the WWF Championship. <laughs> of course, the main event was but of course, the fatal four-way, of course, was being the main event. Now, fellas, this will be something that interests you, and I think we did talk about it a little bit when we were on Russell Buddy as well, Dad, because because uh, I believe one of the subjects brought up was UK exclusive pay per views. But mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety nine, May the si- May the sixteenth, Manchester would uh, would also get once again pay host uh, to the WWF with the very first. No Mercy. Ah. Yeah, it was supposed to be, actually, a UK-exclusive pay-per-view. But, I don't know. I think Vince liked the name so much that he actually made it into the usual run of UK, uh, of, of, his, of his pay-per-views. <laughs> so, this one was actually a very interesting one. And again, as you could say, a very much a... um a kind of time capsule into WWF at the time. Um, Funny enough, though, this is a weird one, a fun fact about No Mercy on this one. This is the only time that there has been two pay-per-views in the same year that have been named the exact same, because in October, they would host a No Mercy pay-per-view in Cleveland, Ohio. They were running out of ideas. (laughs) But what I can say about this one was... Eh, it's not the strongest one at this time. As I said, it was a time capsule. So, <laughs> the opening match was Tiger Ali Singh defeating Gilberg. <laughs> That's okay. a, a thing. Okay. The Ministry of Darkness defeating The Brood. Steve Blackburn defeats Droz via submission. <laughs> We're just getting worse and worse. Yeah. Uh, Nicole Bass defeats Tory by pinfall in 30 seconds because this was the time where Vince Russo did not care much for women's wrestling Shane McMahon defeats X-Puck in a quite competitive match for the European Championship Shane was Ah. European Champion at this point so that's probably the reason why Billy Gunn defeats Mankind via pinfall in one of Billy Gunn's many attempts to be a single star (laughs) And Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Triple H and The Undertaker in a anything-goes triple threat match for the WWF Championship. Uh, not much, really, to say about that main event. Nothing re- Again, glorified house show is the best way I can describe this. And uh, Nothing of huge value was kind of storyline things were put into this match. It was a kind of... Well, if you watch this match, it doesn't really matter. But if you haven't seen it, nothing really changes at all. Yeah. This brings us to uh, 1999, October. And what would be the very first uh, consistent event they would put on. This would start the Rebellion Insurrection period of time for UK pay-per-view. Starting with uh, R3 Billion. Cause let's be honest, it that are why r I have no idea. I'm guessing it was just because it was the late nineties and yeah. you know
2: yeah, It was cool be, be
0: edgy Num- by replacing a letter with a number.
2: Numbers <laughs> are cool.
0: We were in proto leet speed. But all I remember about the rebellion logo is it was of course the raised fist with the like half a gear yes. around it.
1: Dude, it's the red faction logo.
0: It is the <laughs> red faction logo. <laughs>
2: oh boy where
1: are my red faction fans at
2: <laughs> where are the red faction fans at
1: there aren't any after the, after the most recent one got released <laughs>
0: <laughs> this did actually really well numbers for for, uh, for WWF at the time this took place in the national indoor arena in Birmingham drew 13,500 and saw uh, Christian versus Crash Holly in a dark match Jeff Jarrett defeating D'Lo Brown for the IC Championship.
2: We Great the, pick.
0: We had the Godfather defeating Gangrel. Ivory <laughs> defeating Jacqueline, Luna Vashon, and Tori for a women's championship match. Believe it or not, it wasn't actually a bad match at all. I was going to
1: say, that sounds like he. It's just, it's, it's only really Tori in there that's boring me.
0: Yeah, Chris Jericho in his UK WWF pay per view defeating Road Dog. Oh Chris Jericho has just it just debuted and they gave him Mr. Hughes as his manager. If you can Kay. remember that a weird time for Chris no. when he just debuted. China defeats Jeff Jarrett. He's he, he in double duty uh, via disqualification. Kane defeats the Big Show in an ODQ match. British Bulldog coming back in this is the Jeans era British Bulldog. This was Jeans Bulldog that always demanded his title shot. Where's my title shot? Defeats X-Pac. Edge and Christian defeating the Acolytes and the Hollies in a Barnstormer Triangle tag match. And, in what was considered, really, one of the best matches uh, in the UK exclusive pay-per-view period, Triple H defeats The Rock in a steel cage match for the WWF Championship. And, honestly, it's a bloody good match, honestly, from the pair of them. Um, No, it is good. It's it's definitely one of those. It actually ends up in a lot of combina- uh, compilations of UK like UK uh, matches in WWF, and um, yeah, it it does because it finally does. Like these two went out of their way to actually have a pay per view esque match for a what was considered a glorified house show loop. The in thing that so
1: the thing that's so mad about this is that literally the, the the thing seems to be having an absolute trash card and then just one mad main event. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's crazy how that works honestly crazy how that works but no all in all actually did really well for them and they thought to themselves okay we're still doing really good numbers with these with these pay-per-views in the UK um, and they did strike a deal with Sky Box Office at this time to actually now make these an exclusive thing a very yearly thing of course as I said like the lucrative deal with them and Sky Sports was huge, and so why not give them more money for the pair of them? And they would end up hosting their very their second of this insurrection rebellion loop with the very first insurrection taking place at Earl's Court in London, and this drew seventeen thousand people, <laughs> which is an insane. When when I think about this, it, like I didn't realize Earl's Court was that big, but then I went, oh no, yeah, no, it is that big isn't it
2: yeah it is huge
0: it is i because it's it's one of those things where i don't realize it's like because i've been to earl's court a couple of times and i think to myself yeah this place is pretty sizable and then but you don't realize just how big the place is
1: yeah you don't
0: uh but yes seventeen thousand people selling out the tagline for this one of insurrection is london bridge isn't the only thing falling down
2: Of course, there it is, and there it is.
0: And by by golly, they actually did put a little bit of effort in this in this card. So opening up was too cool. Defeating the radicals, the team of Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. Wow, unreal! Kane, Kane defeating Bull Buchanan. All right, maybe I was a bit wrong by saying. Okay,
1: no, no, no. Here's the thing, right? That could that could have been a heater, but I know it wasn't allowed to be.
0: Road Dog defeats Bradshaw in a singles match. We had the Cat defeating Terry Runnels in an arm wrestling match. Oh no! This was during the time where the Cat and Terry Runnels had this weird rivalry, which actually had a match at WrestleMania 2000, which, believe it or not, was the only singles match at that in that in, on that WrestleMania. card. <laughs> Rikishi and Shokishi. Yes, that was the big show. This was during the big shows. I'm stealing everybody's like comedy stealing gimmick. No. If you remember the time that Big Show actually made an appearance, yes, you know, because we we did uh, Backlash 2000. This was when the Big Show was Hulk Hogan. If you remember. Yeah. That. They defeated the Dudley Boys, believe it or not. <laughs> Kurt Angle and Chris Pinwa, Stephen Richards in a yeah. in a short but sweet match, which of course again these two would always have because they knew how to work with each other incredibly well. British Bulldog defeats Crash Holly for the t- for the Hardcore Championship, and British Bulldog still proclaiming "Worth my title shot." <sighs> the Hardy Boys defeating Edge and Christian for the Tag Team Championships via disqualification. Edge and Christian from that do- retain their championships again. We've said it months, many times before, but Hardys, Edge and Christian, and Dudleys were just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that's like just that's
1: there. just guaranteed. It.
0: Yeah. Eddie in the penultimate match, Eddie Guerrero defeats Chris Jericho for the European Championship in a sleeper of a match. Honestly, because again, it's one of those things where I don't think people realize just how well Jericho, like that group of Jericho, Guerrero, Malenko, and Benoit, how well they all worked together.
2: That really disappointing. Just... I was I was really hoping for you to say like it's good because come on.
0: It is, a, it is a sleeper hit. It's not, it, you'd be surprised if not of how good it is. And how much people have forgotten about how good it is. But, in a triple threat match, in the main event, we have The Rock defending his WWF Championship against Triple H and Shane McMahon.
1: Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Is Shane McMahon, the draw.
0: It is one of those things where, of course, it's the story, of course, the main event scene is all about the McMahons. Because remember that, Year's Mania, a McMahon in every corner. It's what it is. Anyway, of course, this brings us to all of the stuff during this time of Rebellion and Insurrection. A couple of things to note about, of course. This brings us to, again... Probably one of the most goated celebrity involvements in all of of the UK exclusive pay-per-views. And this was, of course, brings us to Insurrection 2001. Guys, I could talk about the card. I could talk about the fact that the main event was a handicap match with The Undertaker defeating the two-man power trip. I could talk about the great two-out-of-three falls match between Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Oh. I could talk about the four-way tag match between Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, Hardys, and... X Factor. I could talk about all of that, but I have to tell you guys about the monstrous pop that the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire got when he was shown on camera.
1: Okay, let's talk. Let's talk our truth. Okay, let's talk talk our truth. Okay, (laughs) this is the equivalent. I mean, to be fair, I reckon, uh, uh, like in the US, this would happen anyway, though, right? Mm. This is the equivalent of like. Oh, I'm trying to think who's who's a popular American game show host. Ah,
2: oh, Alan Alan Trebek, back in the day. Alex, Alex Trebek, yeah, yeah.
1: This is like Alex Trebek being at WrestleMania and getting the biggest reaction of the evening.
2: It's
0: it's so silly just how much of a monstrous <laughs> Chris Bro,
1: people are hot for Chris Tarrant here. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: you know what? I went back and watched this, and it's so funny to see. Um, there are two people. Not only does Chris Tarrant get a monstrous pop, but Gianfranco Zola gets a monstrous pop as well. Yeah, boy. Bro, this, this,
1: this, is like, this is like 2000. They are like, oh, absolutely... Yes. Zola's Chelsea, getting a mad reaction.
0: Chelsea legend Gianfranco Zola gets <laughs> yeah. a monstrous pop. Damn uh, right. Eamon Holmes is also there. Eh. For some bizarre reason. GMTV's Eamon Holmes is there for some bizarre reason. <laughs> But may I just also say, Daniel Radcliffe, just coming off of finishing filming for Harry Potter, is there in the crowd in the front row.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. You've
0: got, to, you've got to love it. That is, that is 2001 UK celebrities just <laughs> in a time capsule. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Uh, it's so hard to describe for our US, for our US audience how popular chris tarrant was in 2001
0: i think people again it's one of those things where it's like of course who wants to be a millionaire was sold and syndicated to so many countries across <laughs> the world including the us but I can't, yeah it can't begin to describe to people like i imagine like a load like jeopardy's huge in america of course but who wants to be a millionaire was massive in this country well i think i think the thing
1: is i think america doesn't really have the concept of like the long i don't know if america has the same concept of like the long time tv host there are people in the uk whose jobs are just to be tv hosts that's just what they do yeah
2: for for, yeah for instance like right now like the country is mourning the passing of michael parkinson r.i.p michael parkinson you're great yeah like just there's a there's an entire people whose job is just to be a host that's that is
1: their job but, but, but it's like in like in like in like the modern period like you know like your dermot o'leary's yeah like his job is just to just be the face of tv shows <laughs> mm.
2: yeah. he doesn't really have
1: much of a job otherwise
2: yeah i don't i don't think it's quite the same
1: or like, like no. b- b- before before he came out as being absolutely insane um noel Edmonds. oh
2: yeah yes. yeah yeah like yes. his like
1: like and it's weird, though, because often they would start in children's TV and then, like, go up as time goes on.
2: Yes. You you could actually, like... That's the funny thing about it. If you're at a certain age, you could actually, like... You would age and you would see a guy's career, like, move up and up and yeah. up. <laughs> it's so... It's kind of odd when you think about it. Is but,
0: true, though?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, the biggest scandal of the early 2000s in the UK... Was, was whether a guy cheated on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, that's true, you know. That is true. Like,
0: like the biggest
1: scandal. They made a TV film out of that.
0: They did. They like... absolutely did. And wasn't it... Um, it was Michael Sheen that played Chris Tarrant, wasn't it?
1: I think it was. I think it
0: was, yeah. And like... you know what? Why is it always Michael Sheen knows how to do really good impressions of noted figures in British culture?
1: Do you want to know why? Because I I, I, I think think he's really... I I think it was from the past. He used to work with a lot of impressionists on stuff.
2: Right.
0: Interesting.
1: I think he used to work with lots of impressionists, so he knows quite a lot of them, so he's probably learned from them or something. I might be completely wrong. I have a feeling he used to be in a TV show that had quite a well-known impressionist on it.
0: Maybe, maybe. Because it's crazy just how well he does Chris Tarrant without it actually being a parody of Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, no, if anyone actually does know, like anyone who goes to, wants to know about that TV uh, film, it's called Quiz. And if you can find it, go watch it because it's actually really good. Actually, before it was even a TV movie, it actually got turned into an. I think it was off West End play, if memory serves me. Probably.
2: Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But that whole thing, I was gonna say, that it, it, incredibly interesting. If you don't know about like the the, the like the scandal that involves. If you want to know about know British anything. law. <laughs> yeah. I love how we've gone from an offshoot We're of talking about UK exclusive pay per views to some guy that cheated. <laughs> anyway, what's,
1: pay- what's the next pay per view? What's the next pay per view?
0: Okay, let's bring up Insurrection Two Further Than Two. Ah, fuck. <laughs> 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 oh. Ah, shit. Okay, so what's really noted about this one is that this was the very last uh, pay per view that bore the World Wrestling Federation name. It would eventually, of course, turn over to becoming World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, not much to know about. Not much to know about this, except of course that there wasn't much on the card. But it was a mandate that everyone make it to every person on the roster make it here and actually attend this event, even if they weren't a part of it, because this all was a part of a major European tour that culminated with WWF Insurrection in two thousand and two, and what. Again, not much about this event. There are a couple of th- good things to know. Rob Van Dam and Eddie Guerrero had a great match for the Intercontinental. So say contest. that that sounds like it goes hard. It yeah. was it, it genuinely really good. A really sleeper hit match. When I went back, I saw Booker T defeat Stevie Richards for the Hardcore title.
1: I can't lie, that sounds like it goes hard.
0: Yeah, yeah that it's sounds not, like it's, that slaps. It's genuinely not that bad. The Hardy Boys ends up defeating the team of Brock Lesnar and Sean Stasiak. Now this is I kiss you not. This is this is the Planet Stasiak gimmick, if you remember, when he was a bit like no, the Sam, boost. Sam, you're lying to me. I am not lying to you. <laughs> you are lying to me that At there was a tag team of time- Brock Lesnar and Sean Stasiak. I kid you not, there was. For a- for a short amount of time when he debuted, Brock Lesnar teamed with Sean Stasiak. And this was when the, this was when Brock Lesnar, when he debuted shortly before, after he debuted, just absolutely wailed on Matt and Jeff Hardy. And that of course brings that of course brings the infamous chair shot that Matt Hardy did to Brock. Lesnar. Oh no! Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if you remember <laughs> that, he, you, like he swung for the fences, and Brock Lesnar just his head and the chair just went. Boom. Bro just eats it. Have yeah. you seen? I mean, you've seen that, like that atom scene in Oppenheimer, right? That 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 <laughs> like, the that, that huge close-up, shot, like microscopic shot of the atom, kind of like colliding, and exploding. That's Brock Lesnar in a, Brock Lesnar's head <laughs> in a chair. <laughs> it's just the worst. So in the two, like the uh, the two main events, we had Austin versus Big Show with Flair as special guest referee. Shortly after this, Austin would end up, well, in their words, taking his ball and going home. And in the main event, we had Triple H versus The Undertaker. Now, the reason I bring this event up, this is the event that preceded the plane ride from hell. Oh, God. And the reason I say this, this is why everybody in the roster went for the European tour uh, that culminated in this, that, had, that they had to join Insurrection, is because they all had to take a private Boeing 757 back to America for the next night's Raw. And, of course, this is what brings up a whole bunch of stuff, uh, which also saw Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig fired. Um, Goldust and Ric Flair are reprimanded for what they had done. Just a whole bunch of gonzo backshit shit insane stuff that has been documented by anyone and everyone. And, of course was the subject of one of the season three episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. I'm not going to go over Mm -hmm. it because it has been done to death and I feel like I would be treading a lot more ground. All I'll say is this, Tommy Dreamer, you're bloody stupid (laughs) (laughs) for what you said on the Dark Side of the Ring episode.
1: Tommy Dreamer is not a uh, a particularly (laughs) smart person when it comes to things. Insert the Wrestlemania story here. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes, <laughs> uh, WWE would come back for one more insurrection in 2003, taking place in Newcastle at the Telewest West Arena, which I now believe is known as the Utilita Arena. If Probably. If you really me, correct. Um, again, not much is not, not much really to say much about this match. What I will say is that it is ended. Uh, in a main event, in a street fight between Triple H and Kevin Nash for the World Heavyweight Championship,
3: the uh,
1: the number one quad destroyer in a match. Yeah that
2: that sounds like that sounds like Injury City right there.
0: Believe it or not, they both came out slightly unscathed. I mean, wow, I slightly, slightly. Was, but as was the case with Triple H at this time, he was just gushing blood. Yeah. <laughs> as per usual. Um. WWE would not come back for a UK show or exclusive pay-per-view until 2022. This is when they saw their business model change where they would instead of going and making an exclusive pay-per-view for Sky Box Office and for Sky during their European tour loop, they would take they would actually film and take Raws and SmackDowns in the UK. Of course, this would see them having shows at the NEC, in Newcastle, in, the Manchester, in Manchester, and of course debuting in the newly opened O2 Arena. Unfortunately, I've only, I never really got a chance to actually take like what I've been to one of the O2 Arena shows, but I believe you two have.
1: I
2: have not, I have. actually. I have. Ah.
1: Here's the essence of it, right? You go there, they film three shows, so they would film uh, at the time, Superstars, then NXT, then this bit by mind. The one I went there was still game show NXT. Oh no, <laughs> so it was yeah, it was Superstars followed by uh NXT followed by the SmackDown. Well, uh, yeah, SmackDown.
0: Nice, um, and
1: obviously, like, it would be like the most random 2010s, like, SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Of kind of that kind of
1: be. thing. Um, <laughs> the only thing I can, the only thing I can ever really remember was like there was a big thing about when they do the change from the first two. Like the first two are basically the exact same stage, and then like when it came to SmackDown, there'd be like a half hour intermission of them moving stuff around. Yeah, that is, that, the, is that the when tracks.
0: they put the is that when they put the black cap, the black cab in the phone box on the entrance ramp?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They'd like stick on like like what looked like a model of a London bus or something.
0: Oh, gosh. I will, what I will say is that I kind of did... I, I, I did find it funny that, of course, to exemplify that they were in the UK, it would be a giant Union Jack with a black cab and a phone box and a model bus yeah. on the entrance rack. <laughs> hey, would you, what year would that have been, Dan, that you went there uh, for that? Was um, in 2010?
1: Tr- I, somewhere around... Two, five, I mean, Game Show NXT was on,
0: so... <laughs> Oh, it would have been around that time. I'm just trying (laughs) to wonder if it was the O2 Arena where they had that Superstars recording of William Regal versus Daniel Bryan and they trolled William Regal by playing Real Man's Man.
1: It it definitely
0: wasn't that. Shame, shame. (laughs) So, during this time, of course, they would do their regular European slots with Raw and Smackdowns taking place in the UK. But all this time, I think we can safely say... Always people were clamoring to have another pay-per-view or a WrestleMania take place in the UK. I think it's been one of the most kind of campaigned or most vocal things that European slash UK fans have been wanting for the longest time. Yeah. And every time, I feel like every time it was always brought up, it was kind of like, Swept under the carpet if it was directed at like Triple H or Vince, they were just like, Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got like already existing like partnerships and, and 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 handshake agreements and contract negotiations with with uh with other promoters in America, so it'd be a very hard, difficult thing to put to 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 put a WrestleMania on in a foreign country. To which I say, Haven't you hosted a WrestleMania in Canada? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm like yeah.
0: yeah. Number of times in Canada,
2: I remember that. I remember reading an interview with that excuse, and me going and like them talking about like oh, like time zones, and obviously like we have we have to like deal with American stuff, and I was like, I was like, I and at the time I was like, okay, that that makes sense. I'm not like it's annoying, but that kind of tracks, right? It doesn't. And then they Um. and, and and then they started doing the Saudi Arabia. Things every single year, and then I was like, "Okay, so so what's
0: what's... money?" (laughs) Yeah,
2: so it's money. It's money. (laughs) That that's the reason, which is stupid because you would get so much money.
0: You're darn right, they did. Uh, They would, and uh, well, after I feel like a lot of begging and pleading, we finally got a pay per view for at last for the first time in nearly twenty years. Um, in uh, last year with Clash at the Castle. Now, granted, it wasn't WrestleMania, but it was taking place in a big old stadium. A lot of people thought that when they first announced or when the rumblings of a UK pay per view was coming, a lot of people thought Wembley. A lot of people were thinking, I believe the brand new renovated White Hart Lane. I heard rumors of as well, but they ended up picking uh the Principality Stadium or. Aka the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, which I will say now upon reflection, yeah, maybe that was the bet. That was a good choice. But at the same time, I did hear it was because the Principality Stadium actually made a ridiculous offer for of the WWE in terms of money yeah. for it, and so they managed to get the bag for the UK pay per view. Now I watched this live as it happened. Over on the uh, over on the network. I know a couple of people actually did make the trip over to Wales as well for this. And it was, for lack of a better term, was actually a solid match. It did pay-per-view. It did not feel like a glorified B show or a C pay-per-view, for that matter. They actually did put some a lot of love and effort into this one. Um going down the card, we had damage control, uh, defeating the team of Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar in a pretty solid six-woman tag match. Um, in what was possibly my favourite match of the night, and I know for a lot of people was one of their favourite matches of the night, the absolute banger of an Intercontinental Championship match between Sheamus and Gunther, which actually saw the reuniting of Imperium to a huge ovation I add, as well. Um, man, have you guys seen that match? Uh,
2: I Gunter actually haven't. Oh! it.
0: I think they actually have it now on their YouTube channel for free.
2: Oh, nice. You need uh, to go
0: back and watch it, because it's 90 minutes of two big dudes, like, chopping the hell out of one okay. another. Okay,
1: what if I told you I think I found the spread of Superstars, NXT, and SmackDown that I went to go and see?
0: <laughs> yes, alright. Hold that, I'll go over the card and I'll bring them back the back. over the card. Uh, we had Liv Morgan defeating Shayna Baszler for the w- SmackDown Women's Championship, and again was a really solid match from the pair of them. We had Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic in their corner defeating the Judgment Day, which would see Dominic turn on his dad. Yeah, that yep. was the catalyst. We had we the had mommy s- stuff. We had uh, Seth Rollins defeating Matt Riddle in a, sing- in a in a solid singles match, which would see Seth Rollins coming out in an, Edel- in, in an Elton John inspired gear, which a lot of faced. people mistook for Curry Man, <laughs> and Matt Riddle wearing such is uh, the
1: nature of wrestling fans. <laughs> and
0: Matt Riddle wearing a Patrick Star inspired gear. I, I, I can't uh, you know. know, yeah, you can't actually. win them all. <laughs> and in what was one of the, uh, you know really good main event. Drew McIntyre facing Roman Reigns for the universal championship what i will say about this is that they really did a really good job booking the the actual kind of like oh my god is drew actually going to do it because <laughs> they they, they i i feel for for his run so far as universal champion i feel that the only time they got that feeling of this guy could actually beat someone is this time with Drew McIntyre. Like yeah. um, we... if you're going to do it, do it in the UK. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but Austin Fury tried to cash in his uh, Money in the Bank case, but was knocked out by Tyson Fury. <laughs> <laughs> because as you do, Um, But Solo Sokoa made his main roster debut on this one, interfering in the match, which saw Roman retain the championship, because of course, you know, you've got to get to WrestleMania and, you know, maybe Cody will finish the story. (laughs) Uh (laughs) 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 Which then saw in a weird thing where they didn't actually cut off the live feed, have Tyson Fury enter the ring to sing Sweet Caroline (laughs) to the entire (laughs) fucking audience. Oh, it, it, that was a weird way to end it, but hey ho, it was a solid. It was a solid uh, pay per view, and I think it was the thing that convinced them to actually have Money in the Bank take place in 2023. But before we get to that, Dan, did you, you <laughs> manage to find the card? I
1: found. I believe I have found the free show spread that I saw. It was t- uh, 2010. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's start off with NXT. Which had uh, Christian versus Wade Barrett. All
3: right. Uh,
1: oh, right a
0: bad nose.
1: A one-minute William Regal versus Daniel Bryan match.
0: <laughs> oh God damn it!
1: And uh, Darren Young versus Luke Gallows.
0: Oh God damn it! We're gonna get going, them, on to, get going on to going on to
1: superstars. We had Matt Hardy versus Carlito. And you're gonna love this. Matt Hardy, accompanied by Justin Gabriel, and Carlito, accompanied by Michael Tarver. <laughs>
3: oh god, damn it!
1: And do you wanna know something? That match went ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, Christian versus Chavo Guerrero, uh, oh. and then Ted DiBiase Jr. versus MVP.
0: <laughs> now, would this have been the 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 Ted DiBiase where he had the "I come from money, I come from class" fee? I believe so. Well, well, we all not happened to say D B R C. Uh, yes. And then going
1: on, and then going on to the SmackDown, we had Drew McIntyre versus Kane, mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler versus R Truth, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: Michelle McCool versus Mickey James. Oh
0: gosh, this is. Rey, yeah. Rey
1: Mysterio and the Heart Dynasty versus C M Punk, Darren Young, and Luke Gallows. <laughs> oh
0: God!
1: Oh God! <laughs> um. JTG versus Kalen Croft with Trent Baretta.
0: Oh, do you remember the Dude Busters?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh we had a main event of Jack Swagger versus Chris Jericho and Edge that went 16 minutes.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to bear witness uh,
1: to And guy. then a dark and then a dark match of Rey Mysterio versus CM Punk.
0: <laughs> I am sorry you had to bear witness to that. <laughs> <laughs> we were, were feasting. One. I was gonna say
1: i was feasting and yet simultaneously starving at the same time yeah i also remember the biggest selling merch of that day was dx merch don't worry about it
0: of course it bloody was yeah there it anyway is. this brings us to the most recent uh uk pay-per-view exclusive event well i say exclusive but it was actually a uk event and it was the one of the it was money in the bank which i think when we when we heard surprised the heck out of
2: Oh when yeah, this,
0: oh yeah. When they announced that, I think that came quickly on the heels of AEW announcing that they had just gotten Wembley Stadium for All In as well. <laughs> so, um, again, I, I enjoyed this Money in the Bank, mostly because I think a lot of things that a lot of people were expecting to happen didn't actually happen. Um, <sighs> for example, I think a lot of people were very much under the assumption that LA Knight was going to win money in the bank, but they actually decided to go for Damian Priest, which, you know what? God on you, booking team, for doing that. I'm glad that at the very least, Triple H didn't get flipping vetoed by Vince on that one. <laughs> um, Liv, uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez... Uh, defeating Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler which about time that Shayna Baszler put Ronda Rousey in her place and uh, 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 hey 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 goodbye Ronda uh, thank goodness we'll never see you again Uh, (laughs) classic Ronda L uh, Gunter defeating Matt Riddle in very convincing fashion in just 7 minutes via submission which I loved seeing (laughs) Cody Rhodes defeats Dominic Mysterio in a 8 minute very solid match from Dominic as well um, EO Sky winning the women's money in the bank which was yes the best decision all timer. I will say this much Trish Stratus did not have to go as hard as she did especially you know she's a hall of famer she has mm-hmm. nothing to prove and she absolutely went and absolutely gave it her all in a ladder match this she'd never been in a ladder match before this as well which is crazy to think about but she did <laughs> And by good, good on you, Trish. Honestly, thank good on you. Seth Rollins defeats Finn Bal- Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship in a in a solid match. Um, I think the, the the rivalry that these two have had has been has been quite good, and I like the fact that they built upon the whole the Universal Championship and how kind of like Finn Finn resents mm-hmm. Seth for injuring him because of that. Wasn't a bad match. I mean they I mean the feud's still going on. It happened at some that they, they had that another match at SummerSlam. And of course the Bloodline Civil War tag match, which saw the Usos defeat uh, the Bloodline, uh, which saw mm-hmm. Jimmy give Roman his first pin since twenty nineteen. <laughs> I can remember the, power of the UK. I can remember like that was a monstrous pop that Jack yeah. got for that pin. Um, yeah, I think that's what convinced them to actually have Jay versus Roman in Tribal Combat at SummerSlam was just the, the the sheer ovation from that one. But I think from that, from what I've heard, they were incredibly pleased with how well it sold, the ovation from the crowd, how they were into it. Apparently, it drew quite a bit of um, quite a bit of numbers on Peacock and on the network over here. So from what i've heard they might make this a semi regular thing or they actually might give them a a popular event as well as doing the uh, the european tour loop
1: well that's the hope that's <clears> the
0: hope i'd like i'd like to see it i think if we've gone down if we if there's one common factor i think we've gone over from this looking at the history of this is that it always sells gangbusters for me yeah even on in doing down periods in the company, whenever they come here, it does well for them,
1: yeah, because we never get anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing's yeah. ever catered by the American market to the to Europe. The most we the best, the best ones that were doing it amazingly have been the NFL,
2: yeah, which it's, is it's bizarre as hell.
0: It's crazy how it does, how well it does over here. Like, I mean. Even NBA, they do really well over the it, when they do um, some uh, shows and matches over. at the, like, the
1: NFL, have been good at it. They've been trying it with baseball, but they haven't quite figured out how to do it
0: yet.
2: They can't do it when could because cricket exists here. I'm sorry. Exactly.
0: I will. That, that said, though, they have drawn. They've drawn decent numbers at the Olympic <laughs> Stadium. Although I
1: will, I will say though, what they need to do is they need to bring the baseball from the the World Cup of baseball, not MLB. MLB's trash. World I... Cup of baseball? Hell yeah!
0: Honestly, I kept
1: I... in touch with that, and I don't even like baseball.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think it would sell Gangbusters if they did USA versus Japan. Yeah, uh, like
1: something like that. Yeah, bro, let people have fun. <laughs> that's what we want. We want to have fun. We that's why you, you go to T Twenty cricket, and there's a guy stumbling back from like
2: Oval Station. That's that's why the entire sports of darts exists.
1: Exactly. see again this oh, is why it's... when i say americans don't understand british entertainment <laughs> this is the darts at alley pally unreal
0: you I, I i it's something immaculate I, vibes it's it's something that even i don't understand but i can also 100% get behind the reasoning as to why darts every december just ends up being one of the most one of the biggest sporting events in the country <laughs>
1: It's an excuse for us to drink, dress up, and shout something loudly.
2: That's all we want. That's all we want. That's all we need. (laughs) (laughs) Oi, oi, oi.
1: It's like like why I say though to Americans though. Like, if you want to get if you're if you're an American wrestler and you want to get over in the UK, easiest thing. Give us something that we can shout.
0: Hence why Fandango got over in this
1: country. (laughs) If Fandango was over huge
2: unbelievable um, pop for Pandangas. um
1: was it enzo and big cass over massive over here
2: yeah <laughs> make
0: of that what you will that's a lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> right like 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 all, all of it is just give us something we can shout loudly at the top of our lungs when we're absolutely off our heads <laughs> and we are and we are awesome if you want to look at the independent look at man like therere on 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 the uk independence yeah it's the exact same basis just give us something to shout and we're like we love you <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly never leave <laughs> us
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I don't know is that, is that pretty much would you? I think that's pretty much all I can really say about I you. I think that's it. Yeah, that's years. it. Really. I, mean, the mo- a, I mean, it's been a long old while, but I think that's pretty much everything about them, Really kind We're of
1: almost thing. on our way, we're almost on our way back but uh, arguably still criminally underserved. Again, the rest of Europe is criminally underserved.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's make that point. It's criminally underserved. Like it's bad here, it's worse everywhere else.
0: I've always let's... I mean, we've said it like off recording as well It's like I would I would clamor Honestly, to see a pay per view take place in a big arena or stadium in somewhere like France or Germany, I think, yeah, I don't yeah. think they realize that that is an untapped market that would absolutely go crazy. I would say if you take place in a big arena in France or, or Germany or Spain, man, you would have the Puerto Rico <laughs> like, oh, I, I, like, I, that I, I, I think, I places think places yeah. like
1: Puerto Rico, like, like, um, Germany. even australia even australia do you remember
0: when they had that 2005 raw take place in italy the reception they had in that stadium in milan why not give them a a pay-per-view in italy and i guarantee you you think we're you think we're allowed you have not you are
1: you are the the world wrestling federation please live up to that name
0: oh man, it's been uh, See, we, we talk about like, oh no, no come on go, go for the rest of Europe it isn't just UK, and that's just Europe, go go explore the entirety of Europe, I guarantee you will not be disappointed, there's
1: a market
0: absolutely there is huh. well fellas, it has been a lot of fun doing this one, I will say though to everybody who is listening, we will not be recording an episode next week, because we are all going to be at all in London, which I think is a perfect segue for this episode to
2: go into. This. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> We are. I'm. I can't say. I speak for you too, but I am genuinely excited for this. It's one of the very first wrestling shows to take place in a stadium in this country for I think nearly like over thirty years.
3: Yeah.
2: B- biggest, biggest wrestling event I'm I will ever go to. <laughs> so. I say
0: I say that. I know Principality, but that's Wales. This is England. We had Wembley. Like yes, Wembley was 30, there. 30 years ago. Um, I'm really excited. Maybe, of course, you know, the car that it's been weird how it's been booked, but it's wrestling. We managed to somehow get ground level tickets. We are going to be excited as heck. Um, to anyone who's listening, anyone who's a fan. Hey, if you recognise us or see us in the sh- or on the street or recognise any of our voices, please do yep. not be afraid to come over and say hello. We are. We'll be I'm putting incredibly... stuff up on the socials in... and everything. I'm incredibly introverted, but I will try and have the bravery to say hello to
1: people. <laughs> I'm introverted, but we're there for wrestling, so I'm all good.
0: I'm not.
2: I will be insane. <laughs>
0: But we are—I know for a fact that we are going to be hooking up with the British, conting- or British and Irish contingent of the Base World podcast yep. as well. Yep. So I am excited to see peeps. I am excited to watch wrestling at Wembley Stadium. It's been so damn long. I really hope that it is actually going to be a kick-ass event, and uh, I'm going to be experiencing it with you two chaps. Which last time we went to a wrestling event was in Crystal Palace for New Japan. And it Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun. I cannot imagine what it's going to be like at Wembley Stadium. (laughs) It's
2: going to be wild.
0: Oh, man. I cannot wait for it. So, yeah, we're not going to be here next week. But as it is, we're going to be back in September. Of course, we are are going to be coming back against with our celebration of all things Lucha for Hispanic Heritage Month. And we're going to be kicking off that with our retrospective on psychosis. Hell yeah. Looking Here we go. forward to that. So, everybody who is attending, who is going to be watching, enjoy the hell out of all in London. We are going to be back in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. So, you're all like a bruvs.
3: Later. School.
0: Chris Tarrant was over